Alright everyone and welcome back to Marvel Mania, the podcast where we talk anything and everything Marvel related. I'm your host for today, Garrett Broder, and with me is my co-host, J- Brendan Janicki. Hi everyone, hope you're all having a uh, great day today. Uh, recent week we've had a lot of really exciting uh, Marvel news, specifically Spider-Man No Way Home has got its second trailer, and whether you're like me who has watched it at least five or six times at this point, or like my friend Garrett, who wants to go in, you know, no spoilers, you know, (laughs) going ahead, knowing absolutely nothing. Uh, Either way, I'm sure you are absolutely excited and hyped for this film. Probably going to be one of the biggest blockbusters uh, throughout the year. Uh, What's Not just in Marvel, but in all aspects of movies. Very possibly. Yeah, very possibly. I mean, uh, they are calling it the endgame of Spider-Man movies. I feel like after Avengers Endgame came out, that's going to become the uh, new term for big blockbuster movies like this. Is oh, it's going to be the Endgame of this franchise or the Endgame of that franchise. And really, Endgame is the perfect word for this movie. It's like the Spider-Man movie to end all Spider-Man movies. Even though we know Spider-Man isn't going to be gone for good, it's probably going to be rebooted. But this is looking to be the end of Spider-Man, at least in the MCU, from what I've heard. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to hear about that. Um, excited about the movie. I have not heard anything because, like I said, no spoilers. Even though the trailer isn't technically a spoiler, I'm considering it to be a spoiler because I don't want any hints. I know that Doctor Octopus and Doctor Strange are gonna be in the movie and Green Goblin now because I've seen the, the poster. But that's it. Okay, so you do know a little bit about it. Then. I know a little bit so- about it. I've seen the um the posters and stuff, but yes, trying to see as little as possible. And it's funny. Uh, I was wa- looking at um. A post uh, I saw on Facebook, and uh, there was a so you know after like every like big franchise they have the trademark logo. Yes. Yeah. Well, I saw a picture of someone saying, "Well, it's confirmed. Toby McGuire is going to be in the movie because oh, of trademark." I'm like, you geez. gotta be kidding me, dude. <laughs> no, no. That, that's one thing I will say is, um, you know, I've watched the trailer many times now, and there is no Toby McGuire or Andrew Garfield to be found in either of these trailers. So if they are in the movie. They are doing at least a somewhat good job of keeping it under wraps. Obviously, you know, people on the internet, they're they are breaking the trailer down bit by bit. And they're like, oh, you can see another Spider-Man hand here. And oh my gosh, I think that's Andrew Garfield in the corner. It's like, really? That kind of just spoils the fun. When you look at it that deep and that in depth, I mean, it, you know, I don't think it's going to be like Sony or Marvel to make a mistake where if they don't want something in the trailer, it's not going to be the trailer. So breaking it down, in my opinion, seems kind of pointless, but I know people go absolutely bananas when a new trailer comes down. They are breaking apart every little bit. Oh, it's true. And I personally, I can't stand it. I don't understand why you would do that to yourself. It's a, a, it's a lot of time and energy to actually yeah. figure that out. And I mean, unless you're like a well-known YouTuber, um, which let's be honest, there are no well-known YouTubers besides PewDiePie. Uh <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't call any, well, yeah, I guess there's a few well-known YouTubers, but I wouldn't call any of them exactly famous or anything by that. No, exactly, but uh, just, I was making a joke, but you know, um, there's some, I don't know, I just don't get the whole breaking the trailer down, it makes no sense to me, um, it just, it spoils the fun out of, like, enjoying the movie, because if you, if you know everything going into it, what's the point? Right, yeah, and it feels like you're taking it way too seriously, it's like, you know, just take take what you get and, you know, go you know, look at it from there. Don't, you know, try and break down every little bit because then you're just spoiling the movie, you know, for yourself. Some people just have no patience. But along with that trailer, um, just yesterday, we got this very interesting article from GQ. Um, This is about Tom Holland himself talking about 
playing Spider-Man and the future of his um, character in the MCU or even in the supposed Spider-Verse, which is what we're going to be getting after the MCU. Um, and after this interview, surprisingly enough, Tom Holland says he isn't quite sure about returning after No Way Home. He quotes, maybe it is time for me to move on. Maybe what's best for Spider-Man is that they do a Miles Morales film. I have to take Peter Parker into account as well because he is an important part of my life, he says. But also, if I'm playing Spider-Man after I'm 30, I've done something wrong. Personally, I would agree with that. And I think a lot of people are kind of already, of course they are, because, you know, the internet, they're already up in arms saying, oh, well, Tom Holland should be grateful for getting Spider-Man and, you know, he should um, play it for as long as they need him to. He said nothing about, you know, not being grateful for Spider-Man. I think he is very grateful. I think he recognizes that he is, in fact, an actor, and he doesn't want to be recognized for this one role. No, exactly. And a lot of, like, I guess superheroes nowadays, like Robert Downey Jr., you don't think of him as anything else besides Iron Man. Right. Or, um, well, I'm interested to see is Batman, Robert Pattinson. Is that how you say his name? Yes. Yeah. That's what I had to make sure. I was like... To the best of my knowledge, it's Robert Pattinson. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I don't think he's... I'm worried to see him in Batman because he's a Twilight character. Let's be honest. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. Well, and they had the uh, one role in Harry Potter, which was just, in my opinion, mediocre at best. That's true. But, you know, he's not well known for many characters, so. Yeah. But after watching that Batman trailer, I have got some hope for him. But like Batman, um, the, you know, character himself, we've seen many different um, adaptations of Batman. We've gotten to see Michael Keaton as Batman. We've gotten to see uh, Val Kilmer and George Clooney and Christian Bale, Ben Affleck. We've gotten to see so many different Batmans. And I think Spider-Man is a character you can do this with as well. And you kind of have to because, like Tom Holland said, if he's playing this character in his 30s, I think he has done something wrong. I think he's put all of his eggs in one basket. And, you know, in case people haven't realized, the character of Spider-Man or Peter Parker is not a 30-year-old middle-aged man. It is very much a teenager. So, Oh, for sure. You know, he's going to have to grow out of this role eventually. Now, Tom Holland is one of those actors who looks young enough to where he could keep playing this character. But like he said, he doesn't want to be known as just this one character. He wants to expand and prove that there's a lot more to him than, you know, meets the eye with just the Spider-Man character. Oh, I agree. I think he'll do at least one more maybe Avengers movie, but I don't know if he's going to do any more Spider-Man movies after No Way Home. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree that No Way Home, it it seems like the, you know, ultimate, like we talked about, the endgame, the ultimate finale. So it seems like anything else that he, you know, decides to do as Spider-Man, even if it's an Avengers movie, it won't quite live up to, you know, it won't like quite live up to No Way Home. It seems like this is the perfect way to end it. Look at Hugh Jackman, for example. I mean, he played the Wolverine in like seven or eight different um, X-Men movies, and he ended his character on a perfect note. He almost took complete control of the movie Logan. He said he wanted it to have a much uh, darker and grittier feel to it. Um, he wanted to push for an R rating, even though that meant for a cutback on his paycheck. He wanted to truly do the character justice and end it on a high note. And I think he very much succeeded with that. And Tom Holland has the opportunity to do that with No Way Home. And I think he also recognizes this. The problem is, is that, you know, Marvel, they don't want to see him go because, you know, he brings in so many fans, which brings in a lot of money. So, of course, they're like, oh, you know, we can't let him go quite yet. But, you know, Tom Holland's not going to play that game. So much respect to him for saying that. Oh, I agree. It's a lot of, um, like, it takes a lot of character to really recognize that you aren't going to be this role forever and you have to expand your range. Yes. Like, be more characters in different movies or whatever. 
Yes. So exactly. And giving up a Marvel role, I feel like, is a really big um, step in your acting career, if I had to guess. Oh, like yeah. When I saw when uh, Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr. Uh, announced that they were done, I was like, there's no way that what is going to happen to the MCU Iron Man is the character. He is right. the Right. He guy. was the face of the MCU. Yeah. 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 So crazy when they stepped down. I can't imagine how I'm going to feel when Tom Holland steps down. But Spider-Man, like you said, is one of those characters where you can just recast him pretty easily because we've done it so many times with Andrew Garfield, Tobey Maguire, Tom Holland. Um, so we'll figure out exactly who takes his place, but someone has to, unless Spider-Man dies off. But I doubt that'll happen in Spider-Man. Even if he some does how die in No Way Home, which would be a shock to me, you know, they'll probably just end up rebooting it yet again. That's the great thing about these, you know, comic book characters is, and the idea of the multiverse in general is you can literally just say, oh, well, yeah, Spider-Man died in this universe, but there's another Spider-Man in this universe. Like, for example, Miles Morales, which if we were to see a live-action Miles Morales Spider-Man film, I think that would be a very, very cool movie indeed. Oh, I agree. I'm trying to think of who uh, someone should cast, but I have no idea at this point in time. The first person that came to my mind was, um, what's his name from Stranger Things? Caleb... Ah, uh, what's his last name? Oh, I know yeah, who you're talking Caleb about. Caleb McLaughlin yeah. or something like that. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, he was the first one that came to my mind. I think he would be a pretty solid Miles Morales. Um, and obviously, you know, we already have Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which was a phenomenal and very unique um, comic-like movie. Uh, for anyone... Very good, too. Oh, yeah, very good. Um, for anyone who's seen that movie, they know that it was kind of almost filmed, at least some parts, like a comic book, which makes it very unique. But if we were to see a live action, I think that could also have a lot of potential to it. Oh, I agree. And... I think that would be the final movie Tom Holland would star in, if I had to guess. Uh, if they do come out with a Miles Morales film, he would not star, but he would be in. At the very least, maybe have a cameo or something like that. Yeah, because well, Peter Parker will probably die in it. Like they'll, they'll have the Miles Morales backstory. And mm. I feel like Peter Parker will die in the movie. Um, and then Miles Morales will come and take his place. Yeah, that's very possible. Kind of like how they did in um, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Oh yes, yes, yes. That's right. Yeah. So that's the backstory of Miles Morales. Peter Parker dies. He takes. Uh, he gets spit by the spider. Power comes his. Blah blah. blah. Yeah. So on and so forth. Mm -hmm. And then the uh, rest of this article goes into uh, a little bit of a concerning territory. Um, at least in my opinion, it's a little bit concerning. Tom Holland starts to talk about the production of No Way Home, and obviously this isn't unheard of in Hollywood, but it's never a good sign. Um. He had a quote in here where he said he would go to the director, John Watts, on a daily basis and ask him, you know, oh, you know, what is it going to look like for the final act for part three in this movie? You know, what kind of final battle are we looking at so I can get ready? And John Watts would literally tell him, yeah, I quite I haven't really quite gotten there yet. I don't know about you, Garrett, but that's a little bit concerning that to me. That is a little bit concerning. The, oh, my gosh. The fact that they are still writing this script while the movie is filming, that's a little concerning to me. Yeah, but it's Disney. They'll figure something out. But, you know, it is concerning. I don't really know how to – well, I didn't, I didn't even hear about that. That's really concerning. I'm oh, really yeah. worried about um, the future of this movie. Yeah, he doesn't even know what to do if you're not tying everything together from the get-go. Exactly. Yeah, I feel like even most film students know that, you know, part one is, you know, in pre-production is to write the script. And obviously many, many movies, I would say 80 to 85 percent of movies, they will veer from the script. They may even change like, you know, how the outcome of the film, but they're not currently in the writing process while filming. No, like, exactly. That is a huge, 
huge no-no. And then something else that I just found out that was a little concerning was, um, and obviously this wasn't completely under their control. You know, COVID wasn't under anyone's control, obviously. But, you know, COVID pushed back so many movies and it really messed up the production schedule. And I just found out, according to um, one of my favorite YouTubers, that Doctor Strange into the multiverse, um, or Multiverse of Madness, sorry. Multiverse of Madness, Multiverse of Madness, which is set to release in May of next year. That was originally supposed to come out before Spider-Man No Way Home. Oh, geez. And the two movies were going to tie into each other, where Multiverse of Madness sets up No Way Home. But now, they, because of COVID, they had to rework the script so that No Way Home can come before Multiverse of Madness. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, on a daily basis, they were rewriting this thing, not only because they didn't know what was going to happen in their final act, but because they had to literally flip the timeline of two different movies see that's the multiverse right there on its own <laughs> yeah for real that is in fact the multiverse of madness is this uh behind the scenes drama that's going on yes and i've had some concerns from the get-go about this movie i mean it really does seem like it's being written by the fans if you ask me there's a lot of fan service going on you see all these villains coming back from the past you know possibly toby Maguire and andrew garfield which obviously really cool you know all the fanboys are freaking out but in terms of a good story a good plot that has yet to be found in any of these trailers. So if I had to say how I feel about this movie as of now, I would say I'm skeptically optimistic about no, how it's going to go down. I would say the same thing, yeah. I, I really want to be like super positive and really optimistic about it, but I'm still skeptical because I hope they give the right, like, I hope they give Spider-Man the recognition he needs for being Spider-Man. Yes, yes. I, I would also say it seems like they want to have a lot of um, really cool, really fascinating, like, earned moments in this movie. But I want them to feel earned, if that makes sense. I want, oh, I want no, them I know to feel like, you know, they were able to get from start to finish and that this final battle is going to feel earned, that all the um, new characters and old characters we see are going to be, you know, earned in the movie. So, not going to lie, there's a lot riding on this movie. So, you know, Marvel has a huge, huge weight on their shoulders right now. But only time will tell, and I hope they can pull it off. Yeah. Well, as we talk about Spider-Man, how he's got multiple villains in the movie, I think we should talk about MCU villains as a whole. So, you think about villains, the first person you think of is either Loki or Thanos. Uh, the two big villains in the MCU, but very, but they still have a lot of character on their own. Um, the villains in these MCU movies. Uh, what would you think about that? I would, yeah, very much agree. Um, Thanos and Loki are definitely the the big two. Uh, Loki's always been a fan favorite. Um, ever since, um, well, I wouldn't say ever since Thor, but ever since Avengers, uh, people really liked him. Tom Hiddleston really, really pulled off this character too perfection i mean he literally is the god of mischief he just you know he he looks like a loki he's able to sound like a loki he has the mannerisms of what a loki would be he, he really does pull off that character in every way possible and i was glad that he was such a reoccurring villain because besides him and thanos i don't really correct me if i'm wrong i don't think there's any other villain that actually reoccurs for more than one movie obviously thanos has two but loki we get to see like four or five different times and it's really fun to get uh, to see him in every movie there is one villain uh that i can think of off the top of my head that most people usually forget but that's ulysses claw uh from black panther uh, and from avengers uh age of ultron yes yes that is a very good point i almost forgot about him uh he was in age of ultron for a little bit and then he really got to um star in black panther that is a very good point yeah so just a kind of a 
nod to him. I think he was a great cast again, like what you said. But going back to Loki, I know last week we were talking about, or last time we had a podcast, two weeks ago, um, we were talking about characters in the MCU who are fantastic castings. Well, we were only talking about the superhero side of things. We totally forgot to mention that Tom Hiddleston is probably one of the best castings in the MCU of all time. Uh, my current, my opinion, uh, he's the perfect. Uh, he just plays per- Loki to the perf- to perfection. There we go. <laughs> there we go. Trying to find the words there. <laughs> words are hard, aren't they? Yes. Words are difficult. Um, but uh, yeah, like I said, I would very much agree. Uh, Loki, very high up on my list. Um, for you know, comic accurate characters. Um, I would also say that. Um, going back to Spider Man here. Um, j- uh. Jason Molina or Alfred? Sorry, Alfred Molina. Is it Alfred or Jason Molina? There's also a Jason Molina in I'm Hollywood somewhere. Blank. I'm blanking on who you're even talking about. For uh, Doc Ock from Spider-Man oh, Two. Yes, 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 yes. I'm gonna look up what his name is. Um, Alfred Molina. I was right the second time. Yes, Alfred yes. Molina as Doc Ock. Also, um, and very incredible casting. And one of my favorite parts about the original Spider-Man trilogy was him. As a character, because um, ultimately, I'll admit, I wasn't that big fan of Sam Raimi's Spider-Man trilogy. I thought it was kind of cheesy and, you know, kind of campy overall, and it didn't take itself as serious as it kind of tried. But my mm-hmm. favorite part, probably throughout the entire trilogy, was getting to see uh, Alfred Molina as Doc Ock. And oh, I'm glad you I'm glad you do know that he's coming back in No Way Home, so we could talk about that for a little bit. Yes. I, I, is it the same casting? Yes, it is. That's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to make sure. Yeah, yeah, he is coming back, and it looks like he's going to have a very large role in this movie. From what I can tell from the trailer, it looks like he's going to be coming in very early on, and almost, I'm not positive, but maybe perhaps team up with Spider-Man and um, MJ and Ned and you know that trio right there. But he has a few scenes where he's kind of talking with them, interacting with them, and you know they're making fun of his name, uh, Doctor Octavius. Um, octopus or whatever which you know if you had a name like that how could you not you know (laughs) how could you not laugh at that um so it does seem to me like they might be a little bit of a team up there but nothing has been confirmed yet no we'll figure it out later but i know poster at least had his claws he was like that the back the octopus claws or his robotic claws were the main focus for the villain aspect on the trailer side of things Oh, yeah, for sure. He has had almost as much screen time as Peter himself, honestly. Oh, I know. It's really, really cool to see. Um, I wonder, is the Green Goblin cast the same person? Not the original, but like, um, oh, what's his name? Willem Dafoe? Yeah. Yes, he's also played by. Yeah. Oh, Willem my Dafoe. gosh. This is yeah. this is fan service at its finest. Oh, oh for, yeah. I, that's why um, another thing I'll say about the article is um, Tom Holland said that they actually started shooting this movie before all the actors had even signed on. Yeah, before they could even get all of these famous villains back, they started shooting the movie with the idea that, hey, Alfred Molina is going to come back, and oh, Willem Dafoe is going to come back. They were still actually thinking about it, but they were like, no, you know, we we had we got to start shooting now. We have a deadline to meet, and whenever you know they say the words, we have a deadline to meet. That's always a bit concerning. But thankfully, Willem Dafoe and Alfred Molina, along with some others, but since you haven't seen the trailer, I won't say who. Along with some others, have signed on as their um, villains of the past. Eddie Brock. <laughs> oh yes, I I really do wish that Venom would show up, but that also has not been confirmed yet. Nope. I. I'm hoping so, but with, after seeing Venom Let There Be Carnage, I am really hoping that he's in it, and I'm sure he will be. Oh, yeah. Um, they haven't confirmed it yet, because probably because Venom Let There Be Carnage was just released. They don't want to say, oh, Venom and 
Spider-Man could have a crossover because if you haven't seen the movie, why would you? They want us to make sure every movie is being seen before this happens. Right. Yeah. Precisely. So I don't think I don't think Venom will be in any of the trailers. Are they dropping a third trailer? No, I think this is the final one. I mean, we are now less than a month in until the movie releases. So I think this is the final trailer. We might get some like um, clips here and there on TV showing a few snippets, but mm-hmm. it's not going to be anything big. That's what I thought. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure um, that I didn't have any more to miss. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, let's see. So we're talking about Tom uh, Hiddleston. There's a lot of Toms and Chris's in the MCU, if you haven't figured that out yet. Yeah, there are. Yes. They, uh, Marvel seems to be obsessed with their Toms and Chris's for casting. Um, but another um, very comic-accurate villain, I would say, I think we might have talked about him a little bit um, last time we had a podcast, but not too much, is um, it's actually kind of a two-in-one um, character. Uh, Ian McKellen and Michael Fassbender as Magneto from the X-Men movies. I oh, would that's say true. he was a very, very accurate casting, both of them. Uh, were and it's very cool to get to see a you know older side of uh, Magneto who you know is a little bit more um how should I word this um wise yeah he is yes I would say wise uh not as wise as Professor X obviously but still wise and you know he's like a definite leader you know he leads the Brotherhood of Mutants throughout the movies and um you know he is able to have all these uprisings and a lot of people look to him he's almost he's almost like the hitler of the mutants you know he just starts a whole um uprising and you know he strongly believes that you know they are the superior race um so we get to see like the true leader in Ian McKellen and then we get to see a younger Michael Fassbender as like the broken and um quite intense Magneto as you know he doesn't really get to lead um in um the other X-Men movies, but he does get to show off his true, his raw strength um, that he has with metal. I mean, at one point in X-Men Apocalypse, he literally lifts all the metal and the atoms out of the ground, creating like this huge like tornado in the sky. It really is quite impressive, and both actors do a phenomenal job oh, yeah. at uh, the role of Magneto. For sure. Uh, my, my favorite comic-accurate character would probably be Killmonger in Black Panther. Ooh, yes. That he that is probably my favorite Marvel villain in like for me. As weird as it sounds, like I know a lot of people say that he is, and most of the time people always just say it because of Michael B. Jordan playing him perfectly, which is very true. He did do a fantastic job. I wish he was a another character in MCU because we can be around longer. But you know, I think he did an amazing job for the little time he had, and. He was just so much fun to watch on screen, and the whole fight scene between uh, Chadwick Boseman and uh, Michael B. Jordan was really fun to watch when it was um, Killmonger and Black Panther, or T'Challa. T'Challa. Yeah, Um, T'Challa, I believe. It's it's T'Challa, yeah. Um, So very, very cool to see the two of them battle it out, and they did a fantastic job with the whole, um, I guess it was like a train scene, uh, like the, or a... Oh yeah, the uh the underground train scene yeah. that they were on. Yeah. Yeah, when um, was, when they're in Wakanda. So that yes. was a very fun scene to watch. And I think the it was really they played Killmonger or he played Killmonger really really perfectly. There's also there's always something to be said about um watching a sympathetic villain too, uh which you know L- Loki has some uh sympathy uh here and there. I'm sure we were all shedding a tear when he actually did well, die in Infinity War. You know how it goes with Loki. He never actually stays dead. Um, but, you know, Killmonger, um, he was also a very sympathetic villain in Black Panther, which made him a very, you know, compelling 
uh, character to watch on screen. And that's why I think I liked him um, as well. Oh, yeah, I agree. I think he was um, – I really sympathize with him because, let's just say, like, he lost his parent to someone who, like, he should have been rela- – he was related to. Mm-hmm. Like, it was really hard. And just seeing the how uh, everyone in Wakanda kind of separated and um, they didn't take care of their own, like, people, it was really hard to watch. Right, yeah. There's a lot of countries on the earth right now who are – dealing with a similar issue like they'll or religions or whatever they won't take care of their own people or um it's it's just hard it's, it's happening all around the world even today so i can't and, but it was more an you know, extreme topic in black panther but you can really sympathize with him maybe if you maybe not on a personal level but at least uh you understand what his uh like why he was doing that. his motives behind his motives what he does. there you go yeah. yeah yeah i would definitely agree um, so I think it's, that's all I have for today. You have anything else? No, that is all I've got. Um, I think next week, uh, if you plan on going to see Eternals anytime soon, Garrett, I haven't I'm, quite covered that yet. I believe I'm seeing it tonight. I believe. Okay. He believes it, anyway. I, I say I believe because when I went to see it on opening night, um, I ended up uh, losing the, I ended up making, being too late for the movie. I was like a half hour late. Oh. So I was like, oh, no. So I ended up watching James Bond instead, which I was really grateful for because I've seen it twice now. That was the second time I saw it, but it was super good. So. Honestly, yeah, that is a nice trade-off compared to um, Eternals. Um, it wasn't an awful movie, but there were some glaring issues I had with it that uh, I'll get into I'll get into more next time we have our podcast. Yeah, when we, when we talk about it next time after I see it, hopefully, um, as long as I'm not late tonight, which you never know. Life gets in the way, um, but... Oh, excuse me. Um, I just know James. If you haven't seen James Bond, uh, No Time to Die or Double Seven, No Time to Die, that movie is amazing. And I know you have not seen it, so no, I did see it. Oh, you did see it? Yeah, I did see it. Oh, yeah, okay. I saw it like the last day we had it at our theater or something like that. Oh, well, that's yeah. good. Yeah, you definitely. Need, yes, good. You saw it. It's amazing. Absolutely incredible. I don't know if you, if you haven't seen many James Bond films, correct? I've seen like five or six or something like that yeah so yeah. not a lot i've seen all 24 so i'm kind of a nerd but yeah all right well thank you for so much for listening uh so much for tuning in and we will see you next time uh peace